johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. another episode another issue another radio show here at sportsinsiderradio.com i don't know how i feel about today's show a lot of listeners are going to be listening and inquiring minds want to know so i will let mike take it away well uh look uh first before we get into something that we've been uh looking forward to actually putting it out you know into the marketplace um into the world. Obviously, it's been sitting with you for decades now, but first, let's do a little Super Bowl recap. What did you think of the show? What did you, I mean, sorry, what did you think of the game? Did you think it was so a good when game? When I called in to get, when I called, when I called in, our, our main man over at the studio linked us through the board and he said, What did you think of the game? And, uh, you know, I said, Sometimes it's better to be lucky than in good. And he laughed and he said, Yeah, usually it's better to be lucky than good. Dave had Kansas City plus two and a half points um, from an from a point uh, an exciting point of view. Uh, it was as a guy that doesn't watch a lot of games it was just very exciting to watch. Um, my son was wearing a Eagles jersey <laughs> during the game. He um, is now eighteen. Had a lot of expletives um, on the last call and said that wasn't holding. So you know, again for me, I take it all in stride. Um, but it was enter- look, it was entertaining. That's for sure. That's what I thought. It was very entertaining from a non-betting point of view. Um, what's your take on the zebras? Or were you as uh, hardcore as uh, Junior was? Well, look, I mean, going back to it, at the end of the day, regardless of the outcome, I was very happy at the price that we got. We actually received that price from Dave the Monday morning. Actually, no, Sunday night after the the AFC and NFC championship games. So we already had the game locked in at the early number, two and a half, obviously it closed at one and a half. So we had a a whole point advantage, which in the Super Bowl is is huge. The AFC and NFC championship games. Right. So um, I just got some feedback. I'm not sure if you heard that. I turned it down. I turned it down. Okay. And so, you know, going into it, just like I said, what I saw Mahomes play in the AFC championship, we were actually, I was shocked. I, I thought the Bengals would actually beat them because 
coming from that type of injury and having to play through it is miraculous. Usually if you have a high ankle sprain, you're out for multiple weeks. Somehow the guy suited up and you could tell he was not as mobile, but he was able to be play within the scheme of Andy Reid's mastermind and produce. So knowing that you now have two more weeks of rest prior to the Super Bowl, they were underestimating the fact that the guy is that good, that he is going to play through it. And I don't really believe it was a, a big high ankle sprain. There's no way a high ankle sprain like that. You're hobbling. You're not even putting pressure on it. So don't think it was a high ankle sprain. Obviously we saw from his mobility, from his ability to create in the Super Bowl, it didn't look like it limited him that much. I knew it was going to be a shootout. I had the score in the thirties, both teams scoring 30. I knew it would come down to a player two. Um, did I expect the chiefs to come back from a double digit lead? Probably not. I mean, cause there's only five teams total that have actually come back from double digit leads in the super bowl and one, um, and Kansas city actually. So two of the five Kansas city actually were part of it when they, when they beat, the Patriots a few years back, and then they obviously uh, just won this time around. So um, the rule of thumb, don't bet against Mahomes. Doesn't mean Mahomes is a good covering quarterback because obviously we know throughout the year, um, being the heavy spreads and heavy favorites that they were, he was not a good covering quarterback. But to give the guy two and a half points in a big-time matchup, um, knowing that you have, if not the best coach, um, in the entire league right now, at your disposal, um, having a decent defense and good schemes, um, it was going to be set up for a shootout. And, you know, like, it, I don't believe the end of the game, obviously, it, you hate to see it uh, come down to that type of call. Do I believe it was a holding? Absolutely. But they were holding each other all game long. It's, you know, there's there's always a holding on every single play, whether it's in the secondary or on the offensive or defensive line, but primarily um, it just, you just hate to see it in terms of if you're obviously an Eagles fan, because obviously from that point on, they could have just run out the clock. So I think it was another great product that the NFL put out for the entire year. Um, having that 17 game season, having the playoffs set up the way that they do, having the Monday night football, having the Monday night playoff game during the wild card round. It's a, it's an amazing product. The only thing that is a horrible product is the pro bowl. So, um, aside from that, uh, we, we put the cap on the season onto bigger and better things. I mean, cause currently, you know, while the super bowl was going on, we had 11 soccer matches that morning that we released to all of our nine, clients. two and one, nine, nine, two and one is featured on my YouTube channel. Go ahead. Sorry. And starting at six, by the way, do you morning, have any, pending, so, by the way, do you have any pending soccer today? I do not know. Okay. No pending soccer at the moment. These groups that are moving on these subsidiary leagues, it's to me, it's, it's always an adventure finding these leagues. Cause I'm just not used to it. When I had, uh, when we were dealing with a big time syndicate years ago, a lot of the leagues that they were playing were still primary leagues. 
So, you know, the, the La Liga, the Bundesliga, France League One, um, you know, all the top leagues. But now you're seeing Chile, Premier League, Argentina, uh, Spain, Segunda, England's got five different leagues. So it, it's fascinating to see. It's, it reminds me more of the six-digit number college basketball games where it's those subsidiary leagues that obviously are not the names that you that you know of, but at the end of the day, they get the job done and it's just another trade that we're submitting. And again, it's all about price. A lot of the stuff is overnight. A lot of the stuff is not even just overnight, two, three days in advance, because at the end of the day, it's they're all they're doing is they're captivating the number. And if the number is not present, we pass on the game because the syndicate is giving me way more than 11 to 12 games a day. I mean, they're giving me 20, 25 games. It's my job to find if the price is still available, which obviously in the U.S. markets, a lot of times it's not. So I'm not putting out the selections just to say we won the game. If the price is not available, we're just moving on to the, to the next game. So um, the whole process right now, um, you know, and we're going to get into um, what you have in store and, and the new website that you develop, but um, you know, this whole business model is based on price. All we care about is getting the right price at the right time. I know we had a client recently that I was talking to back and forth last night, Casey in Arizona. Um, and he was mentioning to me, what's the advantage of getting the overnight lines, which he knows why, but at the end of the day, Dave is beating the number 80% of the time. Does it mean that we win 80% of the time? Absolutely not. This is not about win rate. This is about constantly doing your homework and getting in your money with a positive EV value. For those that don't know that, it's expected value. So if you're getting positive expected value and you're closing at the, the final number at post and it's better than the night before, you're doing your job right. Over a span of a thousand games, two thousand games, it pays dividends. So what it doesn't prove is somebody worrying about calling our office, subscribing to one of our daily systems, and expecting to judge the performance of that daily system if he's going to continue to be a subscriber. That ship has sailed. Nobody that does it for anything else than entertainment should worry about a day or even a week. Even a month is too short of a period, Dave will say. We do like to do things monthly in terms of just getting somebody's you know, attention and foot in the door. But even me, I always say 90 days, have it a quarter, just like you do with any sort of, you know, uh, a longer play in the stock market, at least give it some time to mature. It's the same thing with following these positive EV models. You have to have time. So it, it, the business has transformed. I'm just happy that finally a lot of my clients get it. I know I get a lot of texts during the show where they're like, man, I wish everybody should be treating it like a business. Like our friend Cal, who uh, has been a client for a long time now, he gets it. And at some point, the guys that get it are the ones that don't have the ability to sit there each night and pull their hair out of their head and go, I can't believe this game lost. So, you know, that's where we stand nowadays. It's, I'm just grateful that I'm able to have the groups in my corner and the groups that you've manifested for us 
and built the relationships with. So as we transition, let's get on to this uh, big reveal. The new John Syndicate 2.0. Um, obviously, for those that uh, saw my Instagram post, probably saw the link, the memoir, um, where you came from. So I'm going to, you know, give you some of those hard questions you've never answered publicly before. So starting off, let's just get to the baseline. What was the reasoning, John, Eric, Eric, John, for those that don't know, Eric, Jonathan, Pathy, um, what is the reason why you created this? What was, what was really the turning point? So my son turned 18 on February 9th and growing, and I'll be short because we only have an hour. We could do this for four hours. So, you know, every, look, I'm a father first. You'll be there. You're getting married soon. I'm a father first. The only thing that matters in the end of the day is when I'm dead, was I honorable to my kids? That's it. Not how much money I have. Not how many toys I have, not many cars I have. So I went to prison at a very young age. My kids never knew. And they always knew that I had an alias on the phone, which was my middle name. As my kids got older in the 2016 election, uh, pre presidential election, my daughter was taking a politics class and she said, Dad, why don't you vote? And then their mother got a letter in the mail to do jury duty. Why don't you do jury duty? So the slowly and slowly, these little questions were coming up. A dad doesn't vote because he doesn't believe in politics. Why don't you do jury duty? Uh, they, I'm not allowed to do jury duty. Well, then I get hit with the, well, I was learning in class that if you're a federal felon, you can't vote and you can't do jury duty. And, uh, so then I, I sat him down and I explained to them that I made some mistakes and I was tired. To be honest with you, it's, I was tired of, I felt like I was lying to my kids to protect them from my past. And as my daughter will be 15 tomorrow, my son was 18 last week. I was 50 the week before. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm being reborn like the Phoenix rising. At, I'm going to be my true authentic self. now. For 35 years, every client who knew me personally, who I've flown and meet, not only in this country, around the world, know my, knows my story, was one of the actual compelling reasons why they want to deal with me. But as I said and explained on the website, you know, it, 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 you, you think you do the time and you do the crime. You, if you think you do the crime and you do the time, and the reality is there's a lot of stigma in this society, it becomes like a life sentence. You can either own it and use it to your advantage and take the power back from the naysayers, or you can run from it and hide it. We've had several um, friends that we know that are in the, uh, what do you call it, online reputation business, where they hide stuff when you Google somebody's name and they move it down to the fifth page and people don't see it. And literally it was such a turnoff when I heard that that was a possibility. I was like, absolutely not. I'm done. The real players that want to deal with me are not going to care. I just watched a Billy Walters interview on VEASAN's YouTube channel. If anybody's listening, I have no affiliation with Billy Walters, 
Google uh, Billy Walters' interview with Brett Munzberger on um, on the Veasan YouTube channel. It's a 55 minute uh, uh, interview. Go to the 34 minutes and 10 seconds. That's all I'll say. Literally, listening to Billy Walters was like listening to myself. So, and you know, I didn't know he was going to actually come out the way he did. But the answer is the why is I've always walked with my head high. I've always dealt with the largest betters and betting syndicates in the world, not country. And I've always been respected for how I got started in this business. And so why not share it? If I'm going to scare you away, then I'm not doing business with you anyway. So go ahead. Next question. Okay. So, I mean, very well said. I mean, I've been working with you now for a decade. Crazy to say. Um, you gave me a chance. I mean, I had, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was a similar path to yours, but it was uh, a checkered path where, you know, somebody in a normal corporate world would probably look and say, man, this kid's got some red flags. I mean, now that you're, you have said, and you've released it to me, you know, what have I dealt with? You know, with me, I've had substance abuse issues when I was a younger kid. Obviously, I, I wasn't as trustworthy, but you look past that because of your path and because of your past, and you gave me an opportunity. So, you know, what I learned from this is you have to double down and triple down on yourself. You don't need to hide. Like, you know, we deal with a lot of clients and a lot of clients tell us the same thing. The clients always say, well, I'm dealing with this guy and, you know, he, he stopped answering my phone calls and, but there's no baseline of the person. There's no truth behind well, this and, guy. And so from, from a marketing point of view, the, one of the other impetuses was I'm tired of hearing the stories about the highfalutin betters that uh, betting marketers that are not real. You don't know their first name. You don't know their last name. I always tell somebody, if somebody's first name and last name can be a first name, it's not a real name. I'm going to repeat that. If Listen very carefully, listeners. If somebody gives you their name and their first name and their last name can be interchanged as first names, it's not a real name. I've had a million guys call me and tell me, you know, Paul Barry sold me a package of picks. Well, the last time I checked, Paul can be a first name and Barry can be a first name. Just use that as an example. <laughs> so, so right. you know, like this is like uh, you go to my YouTube channel. I did a video with my son getting him his amplifier. Like I am a real person. And you got to remember from the from when you originally met me, my claim to fame, as I said on the video, anybody who hasn't watched Two for the Money, my claim to fame, and a little bit of that movie was based off me, was flying around the world, consulting and meeting clients in person as a sports betting psychologist, mentor, mind master, if you will. I'm not going to give clients names. You know, uh, I, I was on the phone with a client here. Uh, he called from London, England. He was, in, he was distressed. He paid uh, a retainer fee to speak to me. 
back in 2009, he said, I said, you know, this is what I charge for an annual consultation one-on-one, you know, to re- reach me 24-7. He said, if you can meet me for lunch in London in the next 24 hours, I'm in. I didn't even think twice. Call it a British Airways. There's a flight that leaves at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time from BWI. You get to Heathrow at 9 in the morning. I have an active passport as I've uh, been going back and forth to the Middle East my entire life. And literally called him from Piccadilly Circus and said, hey, mate, I'm, uh, cheers. I'm here in London. And uh, met him and that like one of the largest betters in the world. He said, I've made that offer to 100 people in your business. They all want to hide behind the instant message. They all want to hide behind the screen. There's no reality to them whatsoever. You're the same guy I've watched on Don Best for five years doing videos with the Brian Blessing. I can't believe you actually did that. Um, Not only did I do that, I had no idea if the client was going to actually subscribe. He's still a client today. And I paid for a last-minute ticket, an upwards of $6,000 for a round-trip ticket. So that's how serious I am about the serious betters that I deal with living in that high-roller world like you see in a movie like Two for the Money, not as embellished as it was in the movie, but that's always been my name, claim to fame. The other largest, biggest better in the world, as you know, I can't mention his name for security purposes, lives in the state of Mexico, said the same thing to me, fly down to Mexico City. I want to meet you in person before we do real business. I've been taken by a lot of these guys that have a first name and a last name, which are interchangeable. So I said, absolutely, no problem. Me and Ted got on the plane. We flew down. He picks us up at the airport, armed guards in the Bentley, just like in the movies, and takes us to his compound, spend a week with him there. He pays us. He's still a client today. So again, it always worked with the clients one-on-one that respected the reality. They all knew my real name. They all knew what I did. They all knew why I did it. They all knew why. And so therefore, why not just release that to the world? Because in this newfound, and then I'll let you continue the next question, in this newfound world of sports betting, it's really tiresome dealing with these $200 boneheads calling, get, get putting $5 in with their $200 bonus. And like I said in my last YouTube video, I just decided I'm going to be reborn and I know what I'm worth, and I'm not going to spend hours on the phone talking to people that don't deserve to have the privilege of talking to me because there's not many people in this business that have been in the same office, the same location for 35 years. And when I say there's not many, guess what? There's only one. Forget about Steve Stevens. Not happening. Forget about David Vegas Dave Ancoa. Not happening. Forget about Stu Finer, who happens to share the same birthday with me. Not happening. For I will name names. All these guys. Adam Meyer. Not happening. These guys are all in the same business of taking advantage of the short-term greed and dopamine. They can't hold themselves up high. They can't look their clients in the eye. They can't develop lifelong relationships like you would with a financial advisor or even a car dealer. I've been buying cars from the same guy since I'm 25. I'm 50. No matter what car dealership the guy goes to, I switch to that model. I care less about the guy 
and I care care more about the relationship. I care less about the product. I mean, and I care more about the relationship that I have with the guy. So if he goes to BMW and he leaves, and then he says, "Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm a Mercedes. I buy a Mercedes. Hey, I just want to let you know, I went over to a Porsche. I buy a, like I literally 25 years, my entire life. I've only had one car rep. So this is the same thing when I have clients that listen." There's a client that's listening to me in Alabama. He's been paying me since 1998. You were only in this country seven years when this gentleman subscribed. That guy has been paying me every single year since 1998. Wrap your head around that. When he met me, he was young, single. He's now married off three children, sent me pictures of every wedding along the way. That's the type of relationship that I want to have with my clients. Go ahead. Well, I mean, stemming from that, um, and again, I've personally been working with you directly. Um, I, I know a lot of these things. I've seen it through the years. I've seen the amount of time that you put into every client that has nothing to do with actually giving them games but more of the psychology and, and the education that goes along with it, which obviously you mentored me and I've been in the same spot now doing the same. What really gives you the passion at 50 years old to continuously do this, even though a lot of the clients, unfortunately, don't understand how to treat it like a business? Is there something that keeps you plugged in I mean, I, I know it could be a very short answer, but is there anything that you, what is the drive 35 years later that keeps you humble, but still appreciative of what we've, you know, what we've developed here? Well, I can say this and it's going to make every listener laugh. It's not money. Okay. So it's not money, right? Money is like, money is not the issue. Like I could not do this tomorrow and walk away and it wouldn't matter. The issue is I enjoy actually helping people and the, 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 the rebirth of my desire has been the actual legal sports wagering. The, 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 and, and I've addressed this on various other shows is the, the bottom feeding of taking advantage of creating junkies out of virgin non-betters. This whole industry is based upon creating junkies to open up wagering accounts for $5 and get a $200 bonus, how much money you can make them. And then we have to be listening to the war stories of these guys. And the other thing is the format of how do I live my life? I am a connoisseur. This is very important. I am a connoisseur of fine things. I love art. I love watches. I love fine cigars bicycles, espresso machines, and as we all know on my YouTube channel, audio, as I'm an audiophile. Now, in all my hobbies, and this doesn't mean that I'm materialistic. It means I appreciate the craftsmanship. You know, I will buy a $10,000 espresso machine just because of how it was made, not because the coffee is really any better than a $40 espresso machine. I appreciate the art in it. And so what I realized was is that from someone that has always come from this high end, you know, not going to, not going to um, take the money with me when I die scenario. Uh, you know, I realized that the wealthy people that I deal with, which is my niche, 
is dealing with the ultra, ultra wealthy, is that um, they don't respond to that nonsense in the sports handicapping marketplace. They don't respond to making, look, every, it's not rocket science. If, every, if the games are so good, they can't be accessible to everybody, period, end of story, right? We know that the groups that we deal with, if you're listening on the radio, do not lose. I repeat, do not lose long term. I don't care about today. I don't care about tomorrow. Dave, as of Monday, I think was 146 and 106 in the NBA. The soccer guys, 29 and 16. Everybody has losses. We don't lose. I'm on the phone with clients that have no money in their account prior to me relaunching the site. And they want the pie in the sky and they want the dream. And what motivates me, and then I'll let you ask me other questions, is that I want to take, get in between their learning curve, their pain curve, not have them go down the rabbit hole of deposit 200, lose it, deposit 200, lose it, deposit 200, lose it. They turn back, they look in the rearview mirror, they deposited 10000 in $200 increments 50 times, and their wife wants to strangle them at the end of the year. Why do we have $10,000 on our credit card debt that I didn't know about? Because this guy didn't understand the concept of Stick to 10 grand in once, do it right, bet 1% of your account, which is 50 a game, versus to put 200 in your account and try to hit a 25-team parlay. So my, it's almost like I'm doing it to try to save these people that have a desire to win from the war stories. I, want to, I don't want to hear a war story when I have a client. I'm tired of hearing the war stories. I paid this guy. He lost me $100,000. We saw this morning. I mean, look. Dave sent us the account of one of these guys that inquired. What did the guy? He's down $1.7 million in a legal account this year. He had $35 million in winning wages, and he had $36.7 million in losing wagers. No, since 2019. Okay. Ah, oh, pardon, Excuse me. Call a spade a spade. I mean, yeah, that's still ridiculous. So you want to know these guys that are listening that want to hear about these two hundred dollar bonuses? These guys, the real money is made when these whales that don't have the education, they don't have the knowledge. They're the guy's going to spend thirty five million dollars, lose it, lose to one point seven million. That guy's going to call me and he's going to pay me to deal with me to get out of this funk that he's in since 2019. Go ahead. Next question. Let's talk more about me, less about the business. Go ahead. Well, this entire piece that we were trying to deliver, um, I've been, you want to know why Do you want to know why I went, I'll let you, I'll ask the question for you. The dirty question. Why did I go to prison? There we go. That was my next question. Simple. Uh, the why is the only thing that matters, not what the crime was. The crime you can read about online. I didn't kill anybody. It was a white-collar crime. Why did I go to prison? I went to prison for 27 months for one reason only. I was not willing to cooperate. That's it. The, the, what, the prison, what the crime was, I'm not even going to speak about on the air. You can just Google Eric Jonathan Pathy online. It comes up, Eric Jonathan Pathy versus the United States government. I was arrested at 17 years old, 
charged as an adult and told, just tell us who did this, 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 and this, and goodbye, have a nice life. Or we have this book here. It's called The Mandatory Minimums. And if you don't do it, you're going to have to serve 27 to 33 months, and the judge will decide whether it's 27 or 33. If you don't plead guilty to the tr crime, we're going to take you to trial. And if you lose, you're going to get 10 years. So I have never, never had a speeding ticket. Wrap your head around this. My son just turned 18. I was arrested at 17. I was arrested on November 22nd, 1990, which is the day John F. Kennedy was assassinated, a very infamous day in history. I was ripped out of my car driving to high school, a roadblock in front of the school, took a right turn down a side road before I could even blink. My windshield was shattered, and I was being ripped through the car as if I was some high-profile criminal. Um, so when people show these videos of how cops treat people at police stops and beat them and all that, it's like, dude, I've, I, I lived that at 17. So get ripped. Nobody cared if I was white. Nobody cared if I was black. They treated me like I was a violent criminal. Uh, they, they ripped me, literally smashed with a, with a hammer the, 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 the driver's side window before I could even have time to even hit the brakes blocked the car, ripped me through, and before I knew it, I was taken down to a holding cell, told what my charge was, and look, the bottom line was I was living a double life. I had straight A's in high school. I was very, very, I suffer from an extremely high IQ, and therefore school was never challenging enough. It was too easy. And because it was too easy, I could live a double life. I could get straight A's with barely doing any work, get a full scholarship to Towson State University when I got out of high school. And instead, I was living this double life. And then when it came time to shove, I decided something in me, my mom was begging me, please testify. My dad was begging me, please testify. My everybody, please, you know, I felt bad for my parents. I killed them making that decision, literally killed them, took years off their life. Thank God they're both alive. But I mean, both of them aged in those 27 months, like 27 years visiting their son in prison. And I, something in me said, I can't look over my shoulder for the rest of my life. I can't worry about any harm coming to my family. I decided to get involved with these older people. I got to suck it up. It wasn't a violent crime. Nobody was hurt in this crime. Nothing happened of any violence whatsoever in this crime. It was white collar nonsense. And when I say it's nonsense, I don't mean that I didn't deserve what I got. But what I will say is there's people that commit violent crimes that do much less time. Um, and so basically what happened, like I said, in the bio was the... I was already working here in this office, and it had nothing to do with this business whatsoever. A funny story that I've related to a lot of clients, Mike, was when I got sentenced, it was the Friday before the Super Bowl, okay? 
So when I got sentenced, it was the Friday before the Super Bowl. As we know, my birthday is January 31st. So literally the birthday and my, like I got sentenced like a couple days before my birthday and the Super Bowl. And the judge already knowing who I was because I was already on TV and radio as a sports analyst, um, literally in sentencing said, who do you like this weekend in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Fast forward. When I was released from prison and I was on, um, God, I'm having a blank. Uh, you know, when you get out of prison and you, you still, you still have to be checking in, um, pro- probation, whatever it is. So I had like a one year, whatever. Uh, the probation officer used to come to the office and he was slick. He would only come to this office to check on, in on me on Mondays. And I said, like, why do you got to come Monday? It's the busiest day of the week. And he looked at me and goes, I want the Monday night game. (laughs) So I would give the guy the Monday night. Whoever we were picking, whoever Duke was picking, I would give him the game. So, like I said, you know, um, it it, it benefited me because the betting groups, like the computer group that I alluded to, uh, Mike Levitt, who's no longer with us, uh, you know, he was one of the runners for the computer groups. Um, you can read about it. They took Vegas down for $14 million. They were the first people to write computer code. Most people don't realize Baltimore, Maryland is ground zero for sports betting. Forget Vegas. We're calling into a Vegas radio station. Yes, it's all a bunch of nonsense. Vegas is for tourists. Steubenville, Ohio, Baltimore, Maryland. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you want to talk about gambling, Louisville, Kentucky has zero to do with Vegas. The biggest guys in the world, uh, you know, come from those places. Uh, just to give you a quick story, when I was finally in prison, Mike, um, everybody knew what I did. And gambling is prevalent in prison. And these people thought that I was a handicapper. And I explained to them, I'm not a handicapper. And they would literally come at me with who's going to win tonight, who's going to win tonight. They're betting cigarettes. They're betting can, you know, and I was not a handicapper. And I explained my job was always to get the information from people that actually win. So, you know, it was always part of my life. The gambling melded with this, you know, illicit past dealing. Look, I met a lot of sharp guys in prison that I kept in contact with when I got out that put me in contact with many sports betting groups around the country that if I had not gone to prison, I would have never found these guys. So that's, that's called taking uh, a lemon and making lemonade. You got to, you got to rise up to the occasion when given the opportunity, no matter how grim it looks. Well, so Ed, now that we transition, because obviously if you, if you guys want to know more details about, the entire story. You can go to John's with an S syndicate.com. If you don't know how to reach it, you could always DM me and on Instagram. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you found this on the Instagram channel and there's a whole synopsis, his memoir regarding where it came from and where it is now. And, And really the purpose behind this is because myself included, we have a lot of daily systems that we offer to clients that are strictly looking for entertainment. When I say entertainment, like John said, it's strictly 
if you open up an account in a legal sports betting state and you simply have that sign-up bonus and you're looking for entertainment for the evening, that's really the only purpose behind somebody sampling anything for a 24-hour period. If you're truly looking to make money doing this that is sustainable, and I'm not talking about crypto sustainable. We all know how that's ended for a lot of people um, that thought they can get away with fast cash, investing in coins that have no substance. We have groups that are international that are giving us pricing on games. They're giving us tons of volume. And the reason those groups do not want to communicate with the end user that is subscribing is because they don't want to deal with the nonsense. They don't want to hear about when they win. They know they win. They don't want to hear about when they lost, when they lose, because they know they're going to lose and they're going to get an 8 to 9% market cap of profit off the actual wagers made. So kind of going back to that client that showed Dave that losing FanDuel account and has lost $1.7 million. It, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. So if, he's, if you're looking to make a 10% rake on the money, 8 to 9% profit off the money he actually wagered, then you take the number of what did he actually produce. He produced $37 million in wagers. So that means he would have made close to $3 million in profit had he followed the system. Think about that. He had to make thirty-seven million. I gotta, I gotta interrupt you. Do you see that the screenshot that Dave sent us? The casino bonus. He has a twenty-five dollar right. They gave him twenty casino bonus. Yeah. (laughs) You imagine you're down one point seven million. They go here's free twenty-five bucks. (laughs) Remember originally when Dave, when Dave himself opened up the FanDuel account and they limited him in about five months. And he had a, a profit of about 12%, which is higher than normal. And when I showed it to clients, some clients were like, that's not good enough. You're telling me I have to wager that. No, you're not wagering all this overnight. You're doing this with college basketball, 30 games on a Saturday. You're doing it with NBA, five to six games a night. You're doing it with NFL, eight to nine games. Like, we're not picking the big game that can't lose. We're not handicapping. I mean, I have so many local friends that I don't even entertain the business model to because they're in it for entertainment. When I say entertainment, I was sitting with my buddies during the Super Bowl, and a kid um, showed me 37 different parlay opportunities for first to score over this many yards rushing for this player combined with the Super Bowl MVP. Great. That's all fun. Do we believe that there is, if you watch, um, not watch, if you listen to the Against the Tra- Against the Trap podcast, they had an experienced uh, props better who originates his own line come on. That's sharp money. That's somebody who's doing it as a business not tagging it together with a bunch of different combinations, hoping that one of them hit. I mean, I had a, a buddy of mine who sent me a parlay during the Super Bowl. He had a three, uh, they were doing a sign-up bonus where if you signed up, up to 3,000 match play. So 
So basically, you could open an account with fifteen hundred, you get fifteen hundred match. Um, he put it all on this parlay. That three thousand dollar parlay paid out sixty six thousand. Good for him. Does he think he's going to hit it all the time? No. He's a he's a realist. He did it because it was entertaining. He just got lucky on five or six selections that he liked. But because he did a couple alternate lines on the yardage of certain players because he believed they would go over. But he's a realist. He cashed it out and he's like, I probably won't bet again until next football season. He knows he's not going to sustain doing it that way. What we provide with these different groups that John has access to. I mean, just recently, this soccer group that we were dealing with wasn't releasing plays to the general public. They had no intention of doing it. It's our job to not only vet those different syndicates and make sure that they're profitable with data, but then also provide a feasible business model for them with it's worth it to them to give out the games. Think about that. They make more money betting the games themselves, but it's harder for them to get money down at all the different legal sports books. So to them, if we could provide a model where it's not a bunch of work, we control the marketplace by then only accepting clients that are going to treat it like a business and then doing the customer service, which you've been doing for 35 years, that's our angle of how we're able to sustain these long business relationships with all of these clients. And this is just one angle. We have David Miller, who's been absolutely murdering the the NBA markets. I don't think I've seen a year out of him since I've been doing business with him as good. Well, it's funny. Dave Dave in Tampa hates NBA, historically as a fan, doesn't like watching it. And and he's like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. I was like, that's the whole key is that it should matter, never matter what shape the ball is. Bottom line is the bottom line, which is if there's a price on the game, again, you know, there's a lot of stuff we don't release because we can't, you know, we, we, we you know, I, what did I make? Uh, seven golf plays yesterday and, and I needed to get them in before the price moved. And when the, by the time I made them, they wouldn't even be good to the clients, um, uh, you know, for a match that starts tomorrow. Um, I think, what did you, you, you personally, how many plays did you make this morning that you're, we can't release? Seven, eight for for which sport? College, college basketball was college basketball was was overnight last night, not this morning. Oh, okay, got it. How many did it's you? Soccer, I think it was like what? We, we didn't have it. I got seven it. overnight plays. One, last two, night. three, seven, four, seven. five, seven overnight plays. Correct. Yep. Right. So again, the average guy, like I said, you know, the whole late information, call me one hour before game time, yada, yada, blah, and nonsense. And look, the reality is when you're really edge betting, like I said, you know, I don't promote, I don't have any affiliation with uh, VEASAN, but, you know, there's a lot to be learned from guys like Billy Walters and guys like myself. And look, you know, everybody puts Billy Walters, and again, if somebody ever forwards this to him, I know. You know, nothing but respect for the man, especially we share a lot of similarities in life, uh, family and personally. And what I will say is this, is that, you know, Billy Walters, if you go back to that original 60 minute piece uh, where our good friend Kenny White was on, uh, he's not a handicapper. He never claimed he was a handicapper. He was the guy behind the guy. He was the guy finding the guys to do the work 
and and putting them on the payroll like a traditional hedge fund in the financial environment. A hedge fund manager is a manager, meaning he manages the talent. And in essence, I'm a sports betting manager. That's why it says on the, my website, I am not interested in selling daily picks. I am more like a hedge fund manager putting you in the fund of that best fits your risk tolerance. You didn't ask me the one question, which is, why did I limit myself to 10 dimes? So why don't you ask me that question? Well, I mean, I, I still believe anybody that talks to us has to have a credible bankroll. We're not, we're not dealing, maybe I would, but in terms of what is the reasoning for you, um, why is it that you only want to deal with clients with a 10K bankroll or more? What is the minimum? What's really the basis? Minimum. Because I know with anything less, they have no chance of winning, period. I know historically you will not win with any less it, because you won't be disciplined enough to bet that 1%. So, yes, you could start with 5000 and bet $50 a game and you will win. But I know after a certain period of time, you're going to get itchy. You're, you're going to get, you're going to be having a few too many cocktails and you're going to say, ah, forget it. And you're going to just fire off and bet a grand on a game. And so I know that right out of the game, just as a trader in the financial markets could not be successful with less than $25,000 in their account. And again, I go back to this over and over again. You can't day trade stocks in the United States. It's a federal law. Unless you have $25,000 minimum in your account, because the government is actually telling you, if you don't have a minimum of $25,000 in your account, your success, chance of success goes down to almost zero. You're not going to get margin. You're not going to get leverage. You're not going to get credit. You must maintain a balance of minimum of 25000 In the perfect world with sports betting, they would do the same thing. Instead, what is it? Put in $5, be a bozo, watch fancy commercials with Jamie Foxx and the like, and get your free 200 and run it up to 2000 You just can't level up and treat it as a business. Who thinks they're going to start a business for $200 versus 10000 Even a normal business for 10000 If I said buy Dunkin' Donuts franchise, you're talking seventy five, one hundred and fifty thousand. Why would somebody think they're going to actually be able to make a living wagering on sports with less than 10000 That's my answer. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I think, um, you know, I think we got through most of it. Obviously, this could be hours long. Uh, we only have a one-hour show with five minutes left. Kind of uh, me personally, I wanted to give some of the clients the opportunities of what to look forward to in 2023. Right now, we're right in the midst of it. Plenty of value, plenty of time in NBA. College basketball is ramping up. Same with international soccer that is basically year-round. Before you blink, obviously the dogs are going to be coming back with John with one of the biggest groups where it's an underdog-only MLB model. Everybody knows for the last three years – I do an overs-only model myself that actually was taught to me by one of the biggest groups that I now know the data and I have the software to run it. I don't actually start running the actual model till a month in because I need pitching rotation data. It's the only sport in the world that you actually use data from previous starts. 
don't do that in NBA. I mean, in basketball or in football, similar to soccer, it's the only sport where I actually use data for the actual run scored. So it's going to be another busy summer. It's going to be a great March Madness as we're, we get into big conference play, conference tournaments, then the main tournament. We obviously see the totals in college that are constantly moving by four to five points. Everything has to do with overnight prices and early releases. Do we bet games and have groups give us games at post because the line moves in our favor? Absolutely. But a lot of the job is done the night before. So if you're looking to really treat it like a business, this is the time to get in. And if you want to deal, like I said, with uh, people that, like I said, you know, have been here, same office, same location for 35 years, bring your A game. Your A game is your bankroll. Stop futzing around. Stop messing around with the hopes and dreams of winning the lottery. You know, again, golf, I'm going to say it again. If you have a small bankroll, reach out to Mike. Golf, horse racing. I got a guy that does horses. He'll be very active once April comes, April all the way through to the following football season. Yeah, these are what I call low risk, high reward wagers, but you go into it knowing you're going to, the variance you're going to lose 99, 95% of your bets. Brian Blessing, rest in peace. My horseman of all horsemen, he'd say, I make all my money on the one race. I don't care if I lose 90 of them. The one I win covers the 90 and makes me a profit. But again, these are things that people have to learn over and over again. Again, you weren't going to deal with me, you weren't going to deal with me. If you didn't have the proper bankroll, you're never going to have the proper bankroll. If you want to not deal with people that have a first name and a last name, they can both be first names. By all means, give us a call. Like I said, we're not going anywhere. Same office, same location. It's hard to believe, man. I got my first job here, and now I own the damn whole operation. That's where we are, man. So I'm, I'm very excited. It was a very, very good show. We have one minute left. Um, how do you want to close this down? I mean, again, I don't want to be re- uh, re- repetitive. What I will say is this. For all those shaking their heads saying, why me, why me? The world is against me. You can text Mike. He'll send you a screenshot of this guy who lost $1.7 million since 2019. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's, it's not obviously the guy's very successful. And see, that's the point. The guy that lost that money is successful. He's rich. No big deal. Doesn't affect his daily life. So the point is, the more successful you are, the easier it is to be one of these luck, unlucky losers because you don't actually need the money. And so don't be the that guy. Let us do the work for you. We'll be back next week. And that's it. That's it. Have a good one, guys. See you next week.